Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Today, we have the pleasure of hosting members of the leadership team at the Stanford GSP Impact Fund, co-CIOs Neha Dalal, Gina Puccinelli, and COO Lucy Svoboda. The GSP Impact Fund is designed to expose students to the process of impact investing, the intentional investing for both financial and measurable social and environmental returns. The fund is managed by students with oversight from professors under the guidance of the Center for Social Innovation. Welcome to the show, ladies. You're all three ladies, so we're very excited to have you. And what you guys are doing is super exciting, so can't wait for the talk to begin. Thank you, Thank you so much. We're, we're so happy to be here. Thank you, Anvita. Superb. So we kick right in. And before we jump into specific questions, what we realized is all of you have really interesting backgrounds working at the White House or in banking or in private equity or operations or as a founder, I think extremely diverse and really interesting. Uh, we'd love for you to maybe go around and, and give your quick introductions and tell us how you ended up with an interest in impact investing and at the GSB Impact Fund. I can get us started. Um, so Again, this is Neha, um, one of the co-CIOs. My parents were immigrants who came to the U.S. with not a lot. And despite that, I've been able to get to some pretty fun places. So Harvard, the White House, as you mentioned, and then now, of course, leading the Impact Fund here at Stanford with the fantastic Gina and Lucy. And I think that everyone deserves the same opportunities that I had, which is what really motivates me. So how do you create an advanced opportunity more broadly. And while I absolutely loved my experience at the White House, and I think government is such a critical and essential player in advancing opportunity, um, after the 2016 election, I thought about business school and decided to come here and join the Impact Fund, I think for three main reasons. So the first for me was that to create social change, you need to know who all the players are in social change and business is increasingly getting involved. The second is that, you know, while I've learned business at business school, more than that, I've just gotten a really good lesson in social impact leadership. So a lot of what we learn here is so applicable to what we do. Like the three of us manage the 75 person fund, but we're pulling on so many stuff we learn in classes. Like how do you hire people? How do you train people? How do you create cultures of feedback? How do you uh, have difficult conversations when necessary. We were really interested in like impact measurement this year. And so we went uh, very deep. I got to take two classes in impact measurement. We did an independent study on the topic, three of us together. And a lot of that applies more broadly as well. And then lastly, I'll wrap up here. The third reason is just that the community is fantastic. Like I love the people here, love the people in the impact fund in particular. Um, and you have two fantastic examples with Gina and Lucy right here. I can go next. So this is Gina. Uh, as a little bit of background, I grew up in New York City, so I was surrounded by concrete. But when I turned 13, I went on a four-week backpacking trip in Wyoming, which ended up being a pretty transformative experience for me. And I fell in love with green spaces. And shortly after that, An Inconvenient Truth came out, and I realized just how sensitive our environment is. And I decided I wanted to study environmental studies in college. I went to Middlebury College, studied environmental economics, and became really excited about the power of companies and the capital markets to make positive change in the world. So after college, I went to Goldman Sachs, where I was an 
investment banking analyst in the Global Natural Resources Group, working with energy clients, empowering utility clients as well. And then I spent two years learning investing at MSD Partners in their private capital group. And I became extremely excited about moving capital towards entrepreneurs that are trying to change the world and decided to go to the GSB to make that pivot. And the GSB Impact Fund was a huge reason of why I wanted to go to Stanford. So I'm so excited to be so involved today, um, again, with Neha and Lucy, my fearless teammates. Great. I can I can round us out here. Um, I'm Lucy, born and raised in Chicago. And have been passionate about social impact and specifically education reform um, probably since middle or high school in Chicago. It's a wonderful city, but a complicated city uh, and was there uh, throughout a lot of the um, big shifts in the Chicago Teachers Union and, and policy in the city. So came to college actually at Stanford for undergrad really excited to study public policy uh, and focused on education and innovation. And being out in Silicon Valley for college, um, saw a lot of movement going towards ed tech. So spent uh, my junior summer internship working for an ed tech company that was about 25 people at the time and was really excited about um, the opportunity to make quick and and real change in classrooms by developing uh, really impactful software solution. So it's a software and content company. Um, and then spent my first few years out of college working working at Nearpod, uh, which was an incredible experience and getting to do a lot of early stage operations. And coming to the GSB, I'm doing the dual degree with the School of Education. But um, what really excited me about joining the Impact Fund was I had been able to, um, I did a lot of work closely with our investors, many of which were impact investors at Nearpod. And so I got to really see from the company standpoint, just how valuable having those people um, on your board and on your side early on can be in shaping the trajectory of a company and thought how cool it would be to get to be on the investor side and see both in ed tech and then in our seven other or six other verticals as well, um, how we as as the impact investor could really shape the early uh, pathway for both impact and profit for these companies. So it's been fun. Really, really love the early stage operation space specifically at um, at these impact enterprises. This is so exciting. All you guys have really diverse experience. Uh, but the two things that I took away from what all you guys shared was that you have two very common threads. One is you are all excited about impact investing, but for your own different reasons, right? For Neha, it's how she's seen things grow up and how she wants to root for equality or just equal access to resources and, and opportunities. How for Gina, it's more about energy, which is what she's getting more excited about. And how for you, Lucy, it's more about education. So what's tying you together is that you want to create impact in your own genres of interest, if you will, but that's brought you together. And the second common thread, of course, is GSB, how all three of you echoed that that's been one of the key reasons almost for you to apply and, and join in and, and create such amazing impact that you guys are doing today. So really amazing to hear um, and would love to know a little bit more about the fund. You guys talked about it briefly, you know, what excited you and, and what you're doing up to in the, specifically there right now. Uh, but what's the process like from the moment you source deals to making investment decisions at the fund? Sure. So the GSP Impact Fund, we are a student led impact investing fund. Uh, impact investors often talk about having a double bottom line of impact and returns. We say we have a triple bottom line. So our first mission is educating students about impact investing. Our second is creating social and environmental impact. And our third is actually generating financial returns. 
Um, we're about 75 MBA and MSX students. It's a pretty big team. And we invest across seven verticals. So education, energy and the environment, health, food and ag, urban development, justice, and fintech. And we have a fantastic group of advisors here. Um, so we're housed at the GSB Center for Social Innovation. We have some professors and practitioners who form our investment committee. We have a lot of other advisors um, and we're funded by alumni donations. We're an evergreen fund. Um, and I think Gina and Lucy can tell you a little bit more about the process. So I can go ahead and talk about the process from the deal side perspective. We start sourcing as soon as we have our impact fund kickoff in January, which starts with a weekend retreat with several trainings on how to get started with sourcing. And then we send the students out to start sourcing and they source from January through March. And they do that by talking with entrepreneurs, talking with venture capital firms, talking with venture studios. And I think the most exciting part of that process for them is getting to know entrepreneurs that are on the ground working um, to build these companies. So after they source, we have what we call a round robin, where each deal team presents their three favorite, most exciting companies to the investment committee. And from there, we start to whittle it down. So our investment committee is made up of two professors and five industry practitioners. And they decide as a group which companies will move forward. And after the round robin stage, the teams work to diligence the final two companies that they're going to present. We have another investment committee meeting. Then they whittle it down to just one company per team. Uh, for our final investment memos. And then we make final decisions in May and we usually end up investing over the summer. So it's a, it's a short timeline. Unfortunately, we have to find entrepreneurs that can fundraise within our given timeline, um, but we've been pretty successful to date. So I can let Lucy talk about what the portfolio team is up to during that time period. Awesome. Um, so yeah, after investment, the companies join our portfolio, which in my opinion is where the fund begins. Um, and so usually um, those new investments join um, in mid-late summer, and then we spend the fall getting to know the new companies, the, their leadership teams, what are their big needs. Um, and a lot of that information was thankfully un uncovered in, in the diligence process, but we always learn new things about their priorities. And honestly, a lot of their needs are, are pretty rapidly evolving. So on the portfolio side, and we're at 11 companies right now um, within the portfolio, uh, 525K invested over the past six years. And um, those 11 companies actually really nicely span our seven um, investment verticals that Neha mentioned, and three headquartered internationally, and the other eight are, are based in the US. Um, but so what we do is... Um, provide early stage operational and strategic support to these companies. So this could be everything from fundraising support. We look at um, help with like revenue projections, look at fundraising decks, help put together lists of investors um, for companies to reach out to. We have done product strategies. So both like ideation, design thinking, um, helping uh, build out a more customer driven product roadmap. That's one of the projects we're doing right now. Um, growth strategy and expansion, looking at new markets, competitive analyses. And then the other two big categories, one is talent. So obviously everyone's excited to get um, the Stanford 
uh, network, whether that's for interns or full-time roles, um, we've definitely been able to place quite a few members of the Stanford community into our 11 companies. And then um, the last one, which we are starting to work on this year, is around efficacy and impact evaluation. So um, really being that critical impact investor and, and thinking, hey, um, let's help you get your get your evidence. Uh, and not always like a randomized control trial. I think we have like a wide variety of tools that we can use, but helping them build more concrete evidence of the social impact they're really having in their category. So um, that's fun. The bulk of the work is January through June. We do these like six month kind of consulting advisory services um, projects, but um, we are, we do have someone from the team available year round as a resource for, for the 11 companies. That sounds really exciting and extremely well-structured and thought through. And since you mentioned it's been happening for about six years with 11 portfolio companies, I think really well done in terms of continuing and sustaining the amazing work that you're doing. So really kudos on that. Uh, Before I jump to the next question, I had a quick follow-up on what you guys shared. And Neha, probably for you, uh, like you were mentioning how the process starts, I'm curious to know who uh, are are your LPs? How do you raise your funds? Uh, And the second thing I was also curious to know was, do you guys reach out to just student founders from, say, GSB or the Bay Area? Or is it open? You guys just want early-stage investors, early-stage entrepreneurs who are just doing something in, you know, in specific sectors, like you mentioned? So all of our money, we're really grateful, comes from alumni donations. Uh, they don't expect anything in return. So all exits, all returns that we have as a fund goes back into the fund, um, which is a really, really generous situation for us to be in. And it's pretty fantastic. We actually have a rule about not giving money to our classmates. So we don't invest in our classmates. We tend to actually invest mostly in non-students. Um, so anybody in the world who is leading a fantastic social impact company. Um, and as Lucy mentioned, that's domestic and international. Super exciting. So for all the listeners who are right now, early early stage founders trying to do something in social impact, you guys know who to reach. Um, so this is exciting. And that brings me to the next question, which we're curious to know about. Of the entire process, I'm sure there are a couple of things that you guys are most excited about, something that's really favorite part of the process for you. Would love to know what that is for each of you. (laughs) So I will talk about my experience from last year when I was actually on one of the deal teams. I was on the food and agriculture deal team and got to have this hands-on learning experience. And I think that being able to learn about impact investing while also being able to put real money to work was the most exciting part for me. Um, So I was just full-time student, but also an impact investor. And when I wasn't obviously in class or or spending time with my friends, I was speaking with entrepreneurs and venture capitalists and learning more about sustainable agriculture. And for me, that was by far my favorite part of the experience. Now I'm taking more of a backseat and making sure the, the fund runs smoothly as the CIO. But the first year, I think the real learning experience for students was my my favorite part. Awesome. Um, Would love to know what you guys think about where is impact investing going in the next few years? Uh, Do you see some growth potential in select sectors, select markets? How do you see that panning out? Sure. Um, And I realized that you wanted the answer for the last one from all of us. I'll just say I love the people in the fund before I get to get to this next piece. Um, But yeah, so I think impact investing and I also hope impact investing um, is really on the up and up. You know, we re- I was recently researching a little bit into this for, for a class assignment, and some of the statistics out there are absolutely insane. Um, right now, 
39% of millennials think that business should improve society, which is more than other priorities like innovate or generate profit. And two thirds of companies are rating progress towards inclusive growth and sustainability as one of their top concerns. And already something like half of, um, of professionally managed assets in Europe and a quarter of those in the US, they consider environmental, social and governance factors and the impact mar- impact investing market specifically is exploding. It's like 715 billion, right? So these are just like a ton of statistics that just show how fast impact investing is growing. Um, and you can even see that here at Stanford, where a third of our class applied to join the impact fund, which is not something that you would have ever conceived of earlier. So maybe the future I hope to see is a future where all investing is impact investing to some extent, because everything we do has action, at least in my frame of like whether it's positive, negative or neutral. And I really hope we're reaching a world. And, you know, for better, for worse, I think COVID, Black Lives Matters, climate change, all these have pushed us closer to a world where people are demanding everyone to actually pay attention to the impact they're having. And I hope that pushes us. Um, to this future. Can't agree more. And we have one of our professors here at HBS, Professor Vikram Gandhi, who is, who has been doing excellent work in impact investing. He runs a fund called Asha Impact back in India, where he's been helping uh, social entrepreneurs raise funds and, and build the impact they're building. Uh, I think one thing he says, which really uh, I recollect well, is that you don't need to compromise profits for the good you're trying to create. So when, when we say double or triple bottom line, it doesn't come at the cost of you know, your, your bottom line, but which you're most accustomed to, which is your financial returns. So it can go hand in hand. It absolutely can be a very viable business and at the same time be doing good for the society and environment. So really great to know that you guys are really bullish about this too. Shifting gears a little bit, um, we're really excited to see that there is a very strong female representation in the team, especially in the leadership. You, you all, uh, you know, represent that representation. Uh, based on your experience prior to GSB or even at GSB working with firms in the investing space, do you see that there are concerted efforts that are being taken to address this gender parity? Definitely. And I can speak from my experience before the GSB and at the GSB where I was in the financial industry. And I, I have definitely seen a large push, starting with Goldman Sachs announcing that they were going to have gender parity across their um, junior level employees and in investment banking, which to me, was extremely impressive, just given the history of this industry and how far it's come. I still think there's a lot of work to be done, uh, especially in the areas of retaining women in the investing space. I think that you see a lot of junior women that come in and are extremely excited about the space, but slowly over time, um, they leave the industry. And so I think that that is going to be the major challenge is creating a community and creating opportunities that make women extremely excited about staying in the industry and also a place where they can excel and, and succeed. So I'm I'm very excited to have Neha and Lucy by my side leading the Impact Fund. Um, I think that, you know, we're not doing a great job of, of showing gender parity across the three of us, but hey, I, it's the first time I've had an investing role working dominantly with women. So um, it's an extremely exciting opportunity for me. I can talk a little bit about it um, from the founder perspective too. Um, I think we've seen from our from our portfolio, it's it's a very big priority of us to recruit a diverse student fund um, uh, across many respects, gender, race, pre GSB background, and and many of the people actually don't come from any type of finance or investing before, which is really exciting. And I think. Um, 
we've seen on the portfolio side, just like how much that's helped in, in getting these entrepreneurs to trust us and want to engage with us in the pro- in the process, both in sourcing and diligence, but then also really trusting us with some of their, um, you know, core strategic projects in, in the post-investment process with our portfolio team. So I really do think it matters a lot. I'm very interested in it from the founder side, have done some work. Um, I'll give a plug for Galvanizer, which is a female founders community that we're um, building at Stanford as well. Um, and definitely the both the funding and the founding gap on the female side are incredibly important. And uh, I think a lot of the work we've done is, is helping address that both with who we're recruiting on the student side um, to represent our fund. And um, we've added in new criteria. And Neha, if you want to talk a little bit about that too, um, on our investment side to make sure we're really investing in um, diverse entrepreneurs. Sure. Yeah. To Lucy's point, you know, one of the things we did this year as a leadership team was revisit our investment criteria. Um, and for the first time, we explicitly added a criteria looking at DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and it doesn't just look at it from a gender lens, but also from a racial and ethnic lens, a socioeconomic lens, um, both in terms of who composes our founding teams, uh, who their product targets, um, what kind of DEI practices do they have as a company. And I think, you know, right now, everything we do, we're, we're a learning lab. We're still experimenting. We're just implementing this year we don't really know if it's going to like what the impacts are and how successful it's going to be until down the line. But it is, I think, a really important step in that direction. The other thing relatedly that we did this year was launch a justice team that's looking to close gaps of opportunity again across all these different lenses, um, which is the first time we launched a new team since our fund's founding. And I think we're all incredibly excited about that. That is really great to hear. And What's being echoed is that, hey, you're doing your part and ensuring that even at not the maybe highest level, but to your own personal capacity and your own personal capacities, you are ensuring that you have diverse uh, experiences across your portfolio teams, across decision making on your own fund. So really, really good to hear. Um, and, and Neha, you pointed out, right, that it's not just diversity for gender, it's race, ethnicity. And uh, very interestingly, we did a case today in one of our uh, corporate accountability uh, classes, which was around um, also thinking about diversity from providing employment to even second chance uh, employees who've just probably gotten out of prison, uh, gets very, very hard for them to even find the, get their driver's license or their social security number reissued, uh, and how employers need to be open-minded about trying to employ them and, and just do it for the good and, and have diversity in all possible respects, even even that. So, uh, yeah, I think we need all those lenses and ensure that we're giving equal chances and resources to all, everyone around there. Uh, exciting to hear. Before we move to our fun segment of Rapid Fire, we'd love to wrap up the questions with a final one on what advice would you have for women who are looking to break into impact investing? I can take a stab at this one. Do it. Um you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a growing and great community. I think your audience, the audience for this podcast is a lot of students. So if your school has a fund, join it. It's not already an impact fund. Push them to make it an impact fund. Um, if your school doesn't have a fund, launch one, right? The only reason we get to have this experience here at the GSB is because six years ago, you know, someone created this experience and I'm actually working with some leaders of impact funds at other schools right now to create a impact fund network um, for student impact funds. 
And part of what we're doing is helping some other schools create their own funds. Um, so definitely reach out if that's something you're interested in doing. Something else I'll add to is just speak with people in the industry, learn about the different types of impact investing that exist because there is a wide, wide spectrum. Um, find out which types of securities you're most interested in investing in, which sectors excite you the most, and, and what motivates you. And I think once you find the perfect combination of type of investing and then industry, you can become an expert in that area and find a great opportunity that you're really excited about. I'll add one last thing, which is talk to the impact entrepreneurs themselves. We've learned so much um, from our portfolio and actually asking them what worked, what didn't, what do you want from your investors um, and really key insights there. So definitely recommend going to the entrepreneurs themselves um, as you start building out uh, impact thesis and, and your approach to impact investing. Love it. I think you've laid it really well and all-rounded advice. Go do your research, be a self-starter, and ensure you tap into all stakeholders, entrepreneurs included. So amazing advice. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, we're going to move forward with our next segment, which is a fun one, which is rapid fire. Um, and we have three of you today. So this is how we'll do it. Uh, I'll ask a question to each of you calling out your names, and I will change the question because I don't want to give you time to think about the answer. Um, so I'll start with Neha, then Gina, and then Lucy. And we'll not do a long one. We'll just do two questions for everybody. So six in total. Um, so the first question for you, Neha, is a fun one. Are you a cat or a dog person? Neither. Dragons. Love it. <laughs> Fierce. Gina, what is a place that you'll want to escape to? Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's my happy place. Really sweet. Lucy. Are you a beach or a mountain person? Mountain person. Interesting. Awesome. Um, now, to, on a little more serious note, Neha, this one's for you. Who are the top two women role models or inspirations that who you really look up to? Have to go with my mom and my sister. My really? little yes. sister. So she'll be really pleased to hear this. <laughs> That's really sweet. And a lot of our speakers actually call out their moms and family folks to start with. So really sweet. Uh, Gina, this one's for you. Uh, which is one of the recent books or podcasts that you've read or heard and were really inspired by? The Modern Acre. I'm going to put a plug in for that. That's a food and ag podcast. They've got great speakers and um, I've been loving their content. So if anyone's interested in sustainable food and agriculture, Modern Acre is great. Very helpful and really niche. Nice. Uh, and the last one for you, Lucy. Um, if somebody was to write your memoir today, what would the title of the book be? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> that's a really hard one. <laughs> um, I'm struggling with this one. Can I? Do I get another one? <laughs> the fantastically, absolutely perfect Lucy. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, okay, what about one? That's That one felt harder than Neha and Gina's. <laughs> okay, I'll tweak it. Uh, what's your mantra or motto in life? If not you, then who? Love it. And that could be your book title apps very well. <laughs> awesome. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Nia. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Lucy. Really loved it. I'm sure our listeners will be definitely inspired. Um, and we look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks so much, Anvita. This was so much fun. Thank Have you. Have a great weekend. Thank you.